1: From Blue Wire Studios today, so you're ready for the August premiere.
2: Hey, Al Cheaters, and welcome to the Always Cheating Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you?
0: Josh, I've just got a lot going on in my head right now. We we are here to to do a postmortem on what is the longest fantasy season in Premier League history. Thirteen any sport, plus any sport, right? Um, I mean, has a cricket game gone on for thirteen months? Maybe I'm not <laughs> sure, but um, uh, this has just been. It is. The, the old cliche right is it's a marathon and not a sprint and the 2019 2020 season really put that cliche to the test so we've got a lot to unpack here what did we learn what were our high yeah. points low points etc so let's let's get going here josh
2: yeah, oh, two opening questions, Brandon. One is, what felt longer to you, the three months of pandemic-inspired closures or the one game week that was stretched out over two game weeks? Which one <laughs> Which one felt longer to you <laughs> in the, hindsight?
0: The three months off from the Premier League was so long. And the way I think about it being long is less what we did during those three months and the fact that there was no football happening, but putting it in perspective, the, let's see how many months, I guess the seven, six or seven months prior to that cutoff for lockdown seemed like Mm -hmm. a lifetime ago. And to think about what happened up through game week 29, feels like a blip when I'm looking back at it. And I, I, when I we post the new podcast every week. I, it's a, I, a quick way for me to look back at all the episodes from the season and um, yeah. what down, what how many downloads we're getting and all of that. And I can barely remember the game week 29 goings on. And then <laughs> game weeks 30 plus through 38 plus were just like a – it was like a smash yep. cut. Like you might be wondering how I got here
2: yeah in hindsight, it does feel like it went by super quickly, didn't it i mean i I suppose it did I mean, they compressed what was it nine game weeks into about five weeks or so five or six weeks It was you know I mean it was great, it was great while it lasted, especially uh in the in the u s um you know i am uh, like like most people in in America people who are lucky enough to do it, I guess I should say um you know, I've been working from home, and uh you know I also have a daughter, and so for me. Um, you know, so it's it's a mix of like childcare and working from home. And so, uh, having just like something fun on like (laughs) um, almost every day for six weeks. And I'm sure even if you don't have kids, like it was just, it was just a, it broke up the day a little bit, you you know, you could uh, often I would, I would, you know, I'd record the match or, you know, if it was like a one match on that day and I'd watch it, you know, around five o'clock and it was just, it was just fun to have something, um, you know, just like I mean, like there's no sports right now in America, basically, there's like golf, you know, and that's I think pretty that's much it.
0: that's the healthy way to look at it. I think the other way to spin it is. You you know, the the whole trick, the parenting trick is if you catch your kid smoking a cigarette, you buy them a pack and you sit them down and you're like, OK, now you have to smoke the entire pack right now. And I'm going to watch <laughs> yeah, you do it. Yeah. And that was a little bit like cramming the eight game weeks into sh- such a short amount of time. It was like the Premier League was like, oh, you like football that much? OK, let's see what let's see if you can handle this. So <laughs> <laughs> I do feel like I just yeah. smoked an entire pack of cigarettes yeah. in an hour.
2: That's true, and, and like yeah, there were highs and lows for sure. Uh, I think that game week thirty eight, though, which was a you know a traditional final game week where they played all ten matches at once, that was um, so fun and so exciting that it, it kind of washed a little bit of that like. Am I diluting the the product here a little bit, feeling? Because um, I just it, it was so great, right? I mean, it, 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 is it the best game week thirty eight you can you, you you can remember like in the last ten years? I like genuinely was, uh, a cut above.
0: I, I genuinely think so. It delivered on drama. I mean, certainly at the relegation race. I mean, just to see the what Watford was attempting to do against Arsenal against all odds, and then the Villa West Ham match. It was, it was delightful, and even the the Leicester Manchester United match was interesting. Man City Norwich was just like fantasy mana from heaven. It was a meaningless <laughs> match, but it was yeah because we'll we'll sort out our teams in a moment. But we both yeah. had Mahrez going into that match, and yep. it was the perfect blend of of delight and disappointment. <laughs> the Morris thing of like, Oh, he doesn't start, but Norwich was so bad. I have belief. Of course he comes yep. on and he gets a new goal and an assist. So everyone, I feel like most people though my heart would go out to anyone, you know, Ben Madison, if you're out there listening who let their mini league lead slip away beyond that. Yeah. I feel like everyone had to leave game week 38 relatively happy.
2: It was, um, I, I think, you know, and there's a question here from, uh, Chica Fernandez. I'm a, read off in a second here but it was um it was peak uh team team sheet leak like whatever you want to call it deadline gate Brandon, let's just call it that okay uh and chica fernandez says please do give us your dream game week deadline timing slash team leak scenario uh for fpl moving forward so as as everyone knows the fantasy deadline is one hour before uh the first match of the game week kicks off Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, what has been happening with, with increasing frequency, uh, over the last few months, uh, or that we have been seeing, uh, team sheet leaks, uh, about 15 minutes for the first match of the day. Um, and it has become such a like phenomenon led by FPL rockstar. And then, and then for others from there, um, that, um, basically people were just waiting until there are 15 minutes left to make any transfers. It was sort of this crippling, you know, fear of like, well, I don't want to commit to anything if I'm going to get a leak. And and obviously in Game Week 38, where, you know, in theory, every single team sheet was yeah. available for leaks. Yeah. Um, and so you had you weren't a free hit. So how did you, before I even answer the question, how were you feeling about the leaks, um, you know, going into it with, in theory, every player available to you?
0: <laughs> well, yeah, on the free hit and all the team sheets coming out at exactly the same time, 38, I was very pro- leak because it would do nothing but help me and i think a lot of in the know accounts um because there was a lot of dust up about team sheets leaking as they were trying to keep more of a low profile it seemed so Mm -hmm. you weren't you weren't really getting many leaks apart from this cryptic liverpool team sheet which was like
2: absolute um FPL genocide. <laughs> it um, was so it was such a weird team that it almost had to be real. Didn't it? You know, there was something yeah. about it where you're like this is so strange it yeah. must be true. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And and at that
0: point I had gotten Trent into my free hit. And so it was an easy sideways move to Robertson and I had already committed to going without Liverpool mid. So it wasn't it didn't shake me up too much, but as I had mentioned my biggest issue with Mahrez, and my, I, my overall rank was not where I wanted to be. I was around 250, no, I was around 290K going into game week 38. I was like mm-hmm. very much of the mind of let's just go for some high-powered differentials. So I brought Mares in. I think he was Upside like, picks, Brennan. Yeah, upside picks, precisely, my friend. Um, Lowish, comparatively lower ownership players that had high upside, and Mahrez has that attacking potential. He hadn't started the last two or three matches, I can't remember precisely, right for the start. He was the only miss in my free hit. Now, I mean, there were other misses in terms of bringing in the wrong player, but they all started except for Mahrez. If I had a Manchester City team sheet leak just prior to it, of course it would have saved me, but this is not how I'm used to playing FPL. I remember playing a, uh, all out attack chip a couple seasons ago. And yep. <laughs> I remember sitting on the toilet doing my morning business before I head out the door to go to uh, that was probably too much information, Josh. I apologize for that. But before I head out the door to go to the black horse, but it reminds me of that scene in breaking bad where, um, uh, who's the uh, Who's the brother-in-law or the brother?
2: Yeah, yeah. he, yeah. he discovers
0: that Walt is actually um, uh, Heisenberg. And he, when he's not right. sitting on the toilet reading that Walt, Walt Whitman book, um, right. and I see Ozel isn't starting, and it blows up my all-out attack. Worthless chip, anyway. My point is, this is just <laughs> what I understand <laughs> fantasy to be: is you win some, you lose some, and right. I think. I can see Chico Fernandez's question here. He's asking, please do give us your dream game week deadline timing team league scenario or lack thereof for FPL moving forward. And um, for me, it's, it's you either it's, it's one of two extremes, right? Either it's a simple fix. If you're the premier league is you just say to FPL, no longer is your first deadline. An hour before the first team sheet comes out, it's two hours. Now, I mean, you could get team sheet leaks two hours, three hours, four hours, and so on before the FPL deadline, but it becomes harder and harder to get those. Increasingly unlikely. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So I'm fine with that fix where you just say move the deadline up so it's farther away from the actual team sheet news. Um, yeah. Or you have to go the complete opposite direction, where you do what the fantasy Bundesliga site does, where your lineup is malleable through the entire game week.
2: Yeah, or or just that, like up until the first kickoff, you know, um, you can you can make your transfers because I think, and that's and that's also what basically every other fantasy league does too. Um, I think this the fantasy Premier League game is sort of. Um, Alone in sort of forcing you to guess a little bit about um, you know who's going to be out there, just in that first one. Obviously, I mean you know it's not like you um, can make transfers in the Bundesliga game two days later if there's a match on Monday or whatever. Yeah, right. It's, um, it's true. You know, so I, I just think it's I think in the era of of like pretty serious squad depth and a lot of rotation and, and Champions League and you know especially you know this summer we saw it, obviously a more extreme version of this, but. You know, I just think, uh, I don't know, I like you know, and there's an argument that like for people in Australia, even even the United States and the West Coast, um, you know, it's it's pretty tricky. Um, you know, I, I was setting alarms at like 615, you know, so I could wake up on a Saturday and, and get that leaked team sheet, you know, and make any yeah. changes if I had to. Um, I wouldn't typically hold my transfer that long because it's just too nerve wracking, but maybe I'd move a captain around or something like that. You know, like it's, it's, it's too risky on a Friday night to go to bed and be like, you know what, if I <laughs> miss this alarm, I'm not gonna be able to live my transfer this week. So, but I think like, if you go two hours, then it's like, is that just getting like absurd? You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Where it's just like, it's like two, three, seven hours, yeah. 12 hours, you know, it's like, how long do you wait, um, you know, to, that, um, that's to cut it. off the deadline?
0: I think at the end of the day, it's a lot of sturm and drang, right? It's just, it's, it's um, just hand wringing for just usually one maybe half of the first kickoffs throughout the season have true fantasy implications. Now half maybe that's a lot. But honestly, it's often just one team sheet we're talking about and if the right. Premier League has issues with leaks, well that's not my problem, that's the Premier League's problem. So, stop <laughs> yelling at
2: me, yeah.
0: figure it yeah. out.
2: Yeah. Just give everybody an hour. I think I think it's just I mean give everybody an hour after the team sheets go out. Like I know that that may inconvenience people elsewhere, but it's like then everyone has the same information. And then there's no sneaking around. There's no, you know, I heard from somebody who heard from somebody that's, that's still going to happen for the, for the later games. But -hmm. I think for this first one, it's just give everybody an hour. If you're on the West coast, it doesn't mean, you know, at least you have to wake up in a 15 minute window, right? I mean, if these leaks are going to be a thing that we see just increasingly, which I don't know why they wouldn't be, um, then, then it's a 15 minute window. If you just allow it up until one minute before the deadline, then everybody at least has one, an hour long window where they can log in and see the team <laughs> sheets. And that just, yeah that just seems like the, the more easy, like the more reasonable way. Otherwise it's like, do you make it an eight hour deadline? Like how long do you, you know, like two, I don't know. One hour is like, it feels clean. Two hours starts to feel like, yeah, it's just silly. Like you're just adjusting for, you know, for, for cheaters, basically, yeah. and we're always cheating, Brandon. But you know, <laughs> it's on brand. It's on brand. But we're 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 also
0: we're also always forever going to be dealing with these things. I mean, you say deadline gate here, and I can think of Agüero gate. You remember when um that Man City account was say, "Well, Agüero is not going to play tomorrow," and lots of people dropped him, and then he turned out to start and score a brace, if not a trick. I don't remember correctly, yeah. but we will forever. Leak team sheets, team sheets, injury speculation, Instagram photos from training sessions. We will forever yeah. be speculating about this, and actually, that's fun. That is something fun for us to talk about on the internet when we've got nothing else going on on a Friday night. So, you yeah. know, in, embrace a bit of the chaos.
2: Okay, I, I, I mean, I think I, I, I think either one of the solutions is fine. I, I do think the one-hour thing. It's just led to like the rise of these like fake in the nose. These people like I I feel like it's become this kind of epidemic. It's maybe it's more of a social media thing, but it's just like all of these people just posting any like just making team cheats up. Right. And then just posting them in the hope that they get like a bunch of followers. And it's just it it all feels very tedious, you know, and I'm just like, just give us the team's you know just let <laughs> us see the i'll see the stupid yeah. teams give me a break i am just sneaking around like this trying to like decide whether uh an account is <laughs> actually in the know or not it's like just let yeah. us see the teams we can adjust accordingly it's a yeah. one hour window everybody can see it it's it would be fine it would be completely fine and like if that means the site doesn't update until 20 minutes in the first match that's fine anyways who's looking at teams 20 minutes <laughs> in you know it's so anyway
0: all right, Josh. We've got a manscaped ad coming up. We can't talk about we can't talk about team sheet deadlines forever. Okay. All
2: right. Let's 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 move uh, let's move on from here then. Um, uh, just it was we we actually watched uh, game week thirty eight uh, together so it was uh, thank you to uh, to Jazz for coming over and bringing some prosecco we were on my roof um, and uh, amazingly it worked pretty well even though it was like ninety degrees outside uh, yeah thanks and, for
0: hosting us Josh it was you're it was a delight to be able to watch these matches with friends and do it safely in the open air with proper distance and okay um,
2: <laughs> you've signaled your you've signaled your virtue accordingly uh, and I, I did also wear a shirt that we got. Uh, from our friend Sam Damby and damn if that thing didn't fit perfectly it was so, what a, what a great thing when you get a free t-shirt from somebody that actually fits perfectly. It's so, a dream, it's uh, a dream yeah, Yeah. <laughs> so th- thank you to Sam uh, alright, so uh, leagues, always cheating super league, we've waited long enough Brandon, uh, the top 10 in the always cheating super league, how about, I'll read out the top 10 for the cheat, for the always cheating super league and you read out the top 10 for the um, Patreon uh, supporters league, which is coming up in a second here. Brilliant, yeah all right. Uh, in tenth, Declan Ryan, Wesley Crushers. Uh, am I going name or am I going? I, I'm just going to go name. Okay. Uh, in ninth is amazing that after 200 episodes, I still haven't decided which. Like, <laughs> just like I don't know. Let's just make it up again. Uh, in ninth is uh, Graham Wilshaw. In eighth is Martin Jansen, Seventh is Jules Lefevre. Uh, sixth is Sean Clark. Fifth is Tom Petey. In fourth, Alex Nielsen and Brandon. We come to the top three now. In third, Hugh Patrick Campbell. In second, Mike Winterscog. That- mm-hmm. I have to actually open up my multi Wernerscog is in second. Had to, had to uh, do a little uh control plus there, Brandon. Uh, and in first, Old I think man. he finished. 37th overall um he i think it was nice 39th today. actually but was in it, in it the was 39 yeah and in then in the 30s certainly uh sent us a nice note today Congratulations to aller at me alex coats congratulations alex and alex i i i've actually have forgotten to uh post about this but um an account called fpl trophy sent me a always cheating manager of the season award um, and, uh, it's like an, it's a nice little trophy and, uh, I'll, I'll share a picture of it on social media. Uh, and, uh, Alex, I will send that to you in wow. the mail, a manager of the season award. So, uh, Alex, uh, hit us up, DM us and, uh, give give us your address and it doesn't matter where you are. We'll send it out to you. Um, and, uh, yeah, congratulations. Congratulations to everybody. Uh, I think I, I may have cracked the top. Two thousand or something like that, Brandon. Um, maybe the top three thousand. It's it's the league of leagues. As we all know,
0: there are more than ten thousand managers in the Super League, and um, I like to say it's never too late to join. But the season is over, so we have reached the point where it is it's too late, too to, late join, to join. <laughs> but <Yep. laughs> we will reboot. We will reboot the Super League as we do every season. Next season, so you'll be auto renewed to be back in the Super League. And if you're not already in there, we'll see you next season. Josh, now is the time where we usually uh, plug our Patreon. Um, but, you know, maybe we, maybe let's we take a few to do it. Do it. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> okay, yeah, let's do it. You can still support <laughs> the juice. Actually, this is the best time to become a Patreon supporter because we, Josh and I, have just finished 13 straight months of FPL podcasting. And if you want to just say thanks uh, for what we do, pay us a visit at patreon.com slash alwayscheating. What do you get when you're there? Well... You get an extra podcast every week, exclusive prize leagues, and access to our Slack, where Josh and I and all of our friends talk about FPL strategy. Um, the bonus podcast are going to take a bit of a hiatus before we uh, get into season preview content for next season. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't expect. Yeah, vir- virtually no no time off for for the wicked. Big thanks to our new. Patreon subscribers who are doing just that, thanking us here at the end of the season at the Volkswagen level. You get a T-shirt at the Volkswagen level. Thanks to Jason Walker and at the Lord Sorloth tier. Jan Horvat and Harold H, big thanks to you. And once again, thanks to everyone who has supported us on Patreon throughout this season. It really genuinely does help keep Josh and I uh, motivated and just financially keep the servers up and running. So uh, it's yep. appreciated. Now let's let's get to the uh, always cheating Patreon Super League, the Patreon Supporters League, and give these people their due. I'll read out your names. You were finished in the top 10. Matt Seward in 10th place, 9th place. It's Mike DiPietro, producer Mike. Congrats on a great season. Jeff Turner in 8th. Isaac Enskog in 7th. In 6th place, it's 2Lumby. In 5th, Francis Mahone, FPL Ant. Uh, Nick Snyers in fourth, third place, Ben Robinson, Jonathan DeSimone in second place. And our winner in the Patreon supporters league is Hugh Patrick Campbell. Hugh, I just sent you an email saying you now have your pick of anything in the always cheating digital, digital shop, online shop. The merchandise is physical, not digital. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> it's like the end of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory just, Yeah, exactly, you so win just, Yeah, it's all open <laughs> You win nothing No, you get, in the end, he wins everything, right? <laughs> yeah, precisely Okay, so those, that, that's the
0: housekeeping Let's take a quick break, Josh We'll come back and give our final thoughts on the 2019-20 season
2: I do like that I added right at the end there. Like I didn't know what happened at the end of Charlie. I'm talking about, he wins everything, right? Is that what happens at the end <laughs> of like, one of the most famous children's stories of all time? All right. Let's, yeah. As you said, let's take a break and we'll get back with our final thoughts on the 2019 20 season.
0: Right. Support for the Always Cheating Podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you with the best tools for your grooming experience. Josh, it's summer. It's hot. It's like to stay cool and and sweat-free and also well-groomed, it's a challenge, you know. In, in quarantine, everyone has been talking about, I really need a haircut. People are obsessed with haircuts. I don't hear pe- enough people talking about what's going on down there and what are you doing to take care of your bits during this, this hot summer, this crazy time. So that's where Manscaped comes in, and I have been keeping myself clean down there and when it's hot in my apartment i feel fresher i feel looser and i also feel less of a gross guy just being near my wife
2: disgusting Uh, person
0: exactly (laughs) Um, and and what's made it easier like manscaped uh sent me their lawnmower 3.0 to try and they have redesigned this electric trimmer They spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created. Here are the specs, Josh. It's a third generation trimmer with a cutting edge ceramic blade. And when I get down there, it's beautiful to know that this is a ceramic blade, not some crazy rusty metal bit that's spinning at a billion miles per hour. It gives me that added comfort. And when i tell you it's premium josh it is premium even the battery it lasts up to 90 minutes so just kick back relax take as much time as you want you can even take your time in the shower because the lawnmower 3.0 is water resistant and it's got Hmm. this led light on the front josh so if you're if you're having trouble getting light down there in the in between sure Lawnmower 3.0, it's got you covered. You got it. You get when you order this bad boy too. You get a charging stand, so you just you know where to store it, and you also know that it already has that charge for you. And uh, if you're listening to me speak right now, and this is striking some sort of note with you, and I, this is not a fun thing to talk about, just like male grooming. But if you have an, sounds inkling, like you're having fun. I have to be honest, <laughs> I, but uh, I mean, let's is, continue. Let, let's let's just go. Let's just go there. I, it's it it's not a big deal to just try it out. So trim that junk of yours and to make it less hassle-free, if you are a listener of always cheating, go to manscaped.com and use the code cheating to get 20% off and free shipping on this Manscaped lawnmower 3.0. Grooming down there, something you may not have considered, but it's summer, it's hot, you're locked in your apartment. This is the perfect time to experiment, so yeah. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code cheating at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping. I'll say it again. Go to manscaped.com and use the promo code cheating.
2: All right, Brandon, we're back. Final thoughts on the 2019 20 season. Uh, I've sort of grouped these a little bit, uh, kind of like kind of like big picture, and then uh, moving into a little bit of player talk and a little bit of looking ahead. So that's if you're looking for a a theme uh, for these questions, that's how I've I've sorted them. Uh, Doesn't so get th- more
0: concise than that, Josh.
2: Thank you. Uh, so the first uh, question is from Shiv, and he says, "What were your highlights from the season?" So you want, you want to just give me one highlight, or any of one highlight from the season?
0: <laughs> it's a bit of recency bias, but Troy Deeney scoring a brace of penalties mm-hmm. when it was, you know, it could have, it could have easily been the one of the stupidest FPL transfers I've ever made. I mean, going in on a on a dire Watford team who was relegation bound in their. Uh, did you see this post-match interview with Troy Deeney after the Arsenal match where the guy is like, could this be your last game ever? And Troy looks up at the interviewer and he's like, I'm not that old, you cheeky bastard. Um,
2: <laughs> I didn't see that. It's funny.
0: Um, but I'm, I am I think, too, game week one was uh, one of my better scores. And that was game week one is such a hard week to play, right? Because so when we do the post mortem here of the season, it's it's interesting because we've learned so much from players, mm-hmm. teams, form, strategy that is applicable to this season. And as we bid adieu to this season, all of that knowledge is vanishing. It's disappearing. And right. We start virtually from scratch. I mean, obviously we will still know that Kevin De Bruyne is a, is a great player. We, we don't lose that information. Um, so game week one can be super hard because in many respects you're starting from scratch. And I had, I had just like a great array of picks that went right for me. Like John McGinn, who was one of those unproven in the Premier League upside picks who immediately scores against Spurs. And then I also had kane in that game who got a Mm -hmm. brace at the death and that put me i think up to 98 points that week and um it was like those undeserved great game weeks are what i live for and i think that was probably tops for me
2: yeah that's i think that i mean i had the first two game weeks were, were my best as well i mean i was i was 51k after game week two um and um that was the game week. I, I mean, I, that really it was a two week span that were the highlights and lights of the season for me. I brought in Timu Puki uh, with my one free transfer, and Timu Puki uh, scored a hat trick uh, at home to uh, versus Newcastle, and uh, I felt like an absolute genius. Like I had, I had cracked the code of fantasy. And and then, uh, wh- what do you do when you do well, Brandon? Do you learn from success or from failure, Brandon?
0: What you do is you get cocky. That's what happens.
2: Yeah. You learn. <laughs> you do not learn from success. Success goes to everybody's head. It is a. It is a. Uh, it is a very like it, it is so dangerous having even like the slightest taste of success. So I decided 50 k overall uh, amazing start of the season. I decide I am going to double down on how good this is going by wild carding. I'm going to wild card out a bunch <laughs> of the players who just got me 50K overall because uh, I felt like I, um, I had beat the system and that it wasn't going to last and that I needed to set myself up for the long term. Immediately dropped 200,000 spots. Then I dropped another 100,000 spots. And then I dropped uh, to 1.2 million uh, from 51K. So By game week five, I'm at 1.2 million overall, a 1.15 million drop uh, in, in four game weeks. And yeah. it was honestly a kind of, um, I it really, my season was never the same after that. And I think that I, um, it, it, it I was sort of a little, um, it just, it just like, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I couldn't quite shake it off, you know, this feeling that I'd kind of blown it. And, mm-hmm. uh, And, you know, and, you know, unfortunately it was, it was a 13 month season. So that feeling has lasted for a long time. (laughs) Um, But yeah, just, I I think it was just, you know, I think that it's really is true. I mean, I was was sort of joking a second ago, but it's like, I just, I I don't think I played this season uh, very humbly, you know, like, I I think that I, um, there were lots of opportunities where I could have made a smart move and brought in somebody who would have, netted me four points you know four points here four points there um and there were just way too many like you know which is like which is like the real way to win at this game you know i mean you have to like pick your spots and be aggressive sometimes but um but i just i feel like i, I didn't like get the uh, I mean, this is sounding very poker um you know ish but like i just feel like i didn't have my fundamentals down this year you know and i don't I feel like i i didn't play fundamentally sound like at any point and so i was just swinging all over the placement I, I got up to 1.2 million and then in game week 21 i was back down to 31,000 uh and then you know a few weeks later I'm up to 140,000 uh, and in the end i finished at 77,000 which is a you know very respectable finish um but i you know i just felt like um i felt like i didn't have any like uh control over my season you know like it was all kind of like just like it was like i was just like batting down the hatches or whatever you know it yeah. was like i was just constantly like just trying to like keep it all you know keep all the the, the plates spinning or whatever I think I know what you mean. I think
0: my to pin down my issue with my team this season, it was n- not that I didn't have control or um, was trying to find control and not gaining it. I just gave up control to the game. And this was probably my most passive season that I've ever played. And it's the worst overall score that I've had since I started playing in 2011 around two hundred 286K absolute miserable rank for personal goals that I would be setting for myself. And when I look back at what went wrong, it was no, rarely is it an individual or a player that, that did you dirty. It's usually a, a strategy. I think I talked about, talked about this at the end of last season that it's, this yeah. was a debate that was going on social media. Is FPL skill or is it luck? Or what percentage is it skill or, or what right. percentage is it luck? And what we talked about at the end of last season is it's not skill and luck. It's systems and moments. And what you have to do, this, this is something I picked up from – it's like a managerial tactic. Your job as a manager is to create a system and you'd send your team out there with the system with the hope that that system invites moments to happen. And those are the moments that are transformative that really make, make your team great or make your season great. And I just, I was too passive. I didn't create a system for my team. And when you wonder yeah. where your moments are often, those moments don't come because you haven't put enough effort into the system. And that'll be my goal going into next season is to be more rigorous in setting up a system that I'm playing. It doesn't have to be from game week one to 38, the same system that you play, you can be malleable, but to have that idea in your mind. And that's something that I totally missed.
2: Yeah. And, you know, I was talking about how I, I feel like I sort of picked up the wrong lessons from success. I mean, part of it was, you know, the, those first two games, but also last season I had, and both of us, um, I had my best ever finish, uh, as did you. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I, for me, that made me feel like I, um, was just kind of smarter than, um, like I just, like I didn't need to like, Play fundamentally sound, you know, that I could just make like crazy transfers and and then, you know, then having the pookie thing come off, you're like, oh, like, <laughs> I, I, I'll never get anything wrong ever again, you know? Yeah, right. Um, you, and you're, so, you're plugged and so, into
0: the matrix at that point. You're just seeing binary code and you're like, I know Kung Fu. Yeah.
2: And so do you think that there was, um, like, was there a lesson you learned? Because you finished 10K last season. Uh, is there anything, mm-hmm. you know, is there a lesson that you learned from from that like or do you think you you took the wrong lesson from it or that it was just like a complete like clean slate and you just didn't really carry over anything you know from one season to the next
0: I think your point is correct about hubris and it's hard for me to look in the mirror Josh for many reasons but it's rare that I <laughs> it's it's rare that I level against myself, that I um, I'm not humble enough or that I'm overconfident. Those these are things that I rarely associate with myself. But I think it is true. It's not that I came into this season after a really strong my strongest finish last season and thought, well, I don't really have to put in the work because this comes naturally to me. But ultimately I think that was deeply I think that was somewhere in the recesses of my brain. I think that's why I played a little bit more passively because I had more faith than was warranted. at just run of the mill decisions that I was making or I, I, I just didn't put in the
2: work. Uh, so right. I, uh, I, now, now I think we're, I think that like now we're getting somewhere, you know, like, I think that might be something too, where it's like, you sort of like, yeah, it's like. I I sort of expressed it like um, not taking advice from other people, but I think don't, like not putting the work is it's kind of the same thing, right? Because like putting the work yeah. is like, you know, it's just like it's just like kind of paying attention to what people sure. are saying. You know, let me
0: yeah, it, precisely, and I think this is a good point um, with regard to messages that we're getting from people who listen to always cheating. It's the end of the season particularly from our Patreon members and the other people who just follow us on social or just listen to the pod, they reach out and say, I just started listening to the pod this season and and wow, I've had like a really great finish or my best ever finish. And I hope that listening to me and Josh talk about fantasy does genuinely help. But I think what these listeners are experiencing is that they actually put in the work this season. And part of putting in the work is, is listening and when you listen it's less you're doing what other people are telling you but listening or paying attention gives you tools to do your own work and to generate your own thought process to generate your own system so i think i would just encourage everyone out there listening who was disappointed with their finish like it fantasy is fun so it could be fun to put in a little more work and and i think that's why we're here yeah
2: yeah. And I think, I think it is fun. You know, we had um, uh, Tom Campbell on the pod uh, a couple of weeks ago, a long time, um, you know, sort of, you know, a fantasy friend who became a real life, which I guess is actually in some ways what it's all about. Right. It's like, if he's a, he's a friend in fantasy who became someone that we genuinely like, and he's our friend. And like, you know, we, uh, um, and so we were chatting before the match started and we were talking about how our, just like we, we all of us, like all three of us have been like investing more in our mini leaks because it's just um, that's what makes it fun. And I think sometimes like this, um, you know, overall rank stuff that we've talked about before, it's, it's just like a little, um, I don't know, like, I mean, this is sort of like a little separate from what you were talking about, but I think, um, I don't know. I, I, I I, I forgot, like, I know I can,
0: I can pick up the thread. I think it's hard to judge a good season from a bad season. And I don't know what, what's the right thing to focus on at this point is, am I just focusing on how I played the game because I'm disappointed in my overall rank finish? Um, maybe I had fun. Maybe, maybe you did decently in your (laughs) mini league or something like that. I don't know. And, and the desire to judge your fellow FPL managers on their overall rank can feel harsh sometimes. Yeah. And that's where the mini league comes in where you're setting it's this could be a goal for you next season is to set different stakes for you. It's like less that I want this OR. It's like I want to beat this rival or I want to finish at this level in my mini league because it's if you're trying to find a target in an in an, an overall rank where you've got more than 7 million managers to try and identify a specific target there is tricky but if you're in a work yeah. league with 50 other people and you've never finished in the top half of the table that is a much more compelling goal I think to set at the start of a new season is I'm going to finish in the top half or I'm just going to win this bloody league because that's something that is more achievable than say well i'm gonna finish between 100 and 150k or in the top 50k (laughs) etc
2: yeah those just don't seem like goals that like would would motivate me you know like like an overall rank goal like that i mean sure like like you said like if your goal is i'm gonna win fantasy i'm just gonna win the whole game (laughs) that that is that is a goal but but a range like that it just it doesn't feel like it's you know motivated enough and yeah i think i mean this is all part of that like make fantasy fun again thing that we've talked about the last couple yeah. pods and i, I yeah. think I, I think it is i you know i think and we have some ideas you and i were talking even before this podcast about about uh, things that we can do uh you know to to make sure that we're having fun and not getting this sort of bad habits of just like suffering you know it's so like, it's <laughs> okay yoda so, it's suffering well, yeah but i just mean like it's so <laughs> but i just feel like it's so it's so silly like, there are moments where you almost have like a meta feeling in your head where like you're watching this and you're like yeah i know this is a game it's like i know this is a game i know like even if i won every cash league i was in like it's still like like you know what it's like rent you know it's like it's not that much money right it's like you know it's 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 not (laughs) nothing but it's like it's not gonna like You know, it's not like you're gonna like uh, buy a house, you know, from your fantasy winnings or whatever. You know, it's like I thought for a second you
0: were comparing FPL to the hit Broadway show Rent, but uh, I (laughs) I figured it out at that point.
2: (laughs) Yeah, so you're like, well, it's not that much. It's not. It's not about the money. It's you know, it's the competitiveness you want to beat your people, and it's like you. you, It's like you sort of meta know that all the stuff isn't that important, and yet you still find yourself like feeling like real like anger like actual like i mean mm-hmm. if, i don't know if anger is the right word frustration whatever you want to call it and yeah. you're like i know i shouldn't be feeling this way i know this is silly you know yeah. and so I, I i don't mind having a little bit of that i think that's part of the fun if you're going to celebrate it i think it's hard to celebrate the good stuff without without um without also suffering a little bit when things go badly. And I think a little bit of that is fine as long as it's, um, as long as it goes away when the match is over or whatever, you know? Uh, but I think sometimes I spin a little too far in the negative and I really am trying to cut that out going into next season. At least a Josh, little bit. Let
0: possible. me paint, let me, let me paint a picture for you. So um, I got out of bed. So the kickoffs for us were 11 AM for game week 38. I had the yep. aim of getting out of bed far earlier than this, but I was up late playing uh, Ghosts of Tsushima. If anybody out there is playing okay. this uh, wonderful video game set in feudal, feudal Japan, so I had to sleep in. So my li- my so my wife rustles me out of bed. She's like, "It's like nine fifty-five, ten o'clock. You've got to get out of bed because you need to eat some breakfast before you go hang out with your friends yeah. and probably drink and sit in the sun." So yeah. I'm like, but I can't get out of bed because I'm refreshing Twitter to look at these team sheets. And she's like, you can yeah. do that while you eat breakfast with me. So <laughs> that, and I'm like, fair point. So I go and I sit at the yeah. dining room table with Lilo, my wife, and I'm it, it was like I just received a text message saying my cover had been blown or that like, <laughs> you know. My dog died when I see that Mara's is on the bench. And I go from being like, yeah, yeah, wife this, wife that. And then she and then it's suddenly like, I've got to go. It's like I put on my fedora (laughs) cap and my trench coat and I'm like, I've got to go. Your bindle. It was was bad. (laughs) It was so bad the way my mood immediately changed. And if there's any way we can figure out how to combat that, let's do it.
2: Yeah. And a great double down because uh, I hadn't, seen, you know, the, the game hadn't updated yet. And so I hadn't heard from you and I didn't know you'd Captain Mars. I didn't know you didn't have your, your fantasy. In, and I was like, where the? How are you dude? I was, like, I was like, when are you gonna leave? We don't have time for this. Like, I was like, I'm not running down to grab you once this game <laughs> started <laughs> But had I known about the Maras news, mm-hmm. you know, that would have it would have been a totally different uh tone, It delayed
0: me. It was know? I it was I was very scattered on that bike ride over to your apartment. It's true. <laughs> sure. All right, let's move on. What's the next is, question, yeah, yeah. john
2: Yeah yeah let's do it uh yeah just the 27 minutes on that question uh g soul said uh there's actually two that are kind of aligned here jesus like compared to previous years are you having different post fpl feelings uh considering this, through this extreme pile of matches during the summer uh, and us with the upcoming season so close um and then fpl mikey said do you think the condensed schedule has been bad for clear thinking uh will we need to adjust for next season You want to take this one or you want to to start off answering? Yeah, so if
0: I'm comparing my feeling now to previous seasons, it's strange. And I think it's clouded by me not being happy about my finish, which we just spent a long time discussing. But there is this feeling of resignation that I have. And I think it's part uh, the way I finished the season. But it's also the fatigue that I think would be... Very natural to be feeling at this point where this has been a long season. And I think you have to talk yeah. about it's not just it's not just the Premier League. It's not just fantasy. We have all been dealing with truly uh, historic things outside of sport right now. If you're talking about legit legitimate civil rights movements, you're talking about global pandemics. This is something that may, maybe you're not thinking about Because you're trying to divert your attention to think about fantasy, but it will play into just this insane mental fatigue. So how am I feeling right now? I, get, I think I'm feeling – I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm trying to put on a happy face for you, Josh. But I think I'm feeling sort of <laughs> – I'm feeling above it. I'm feeling like I'm okay with what's happened. Um yeah. It, I feel like I have perspective where I hadn't in previous seasons. I'm not looking for yeah. any player or strategy to blame at this point, And that feels good to me.
2: Yeah, I'm feeling, I, I mean, I guess just, just to, you know, to my thoughts on the and the, this question about the condensed, you know, schedule and how am I feeling about things. I mean, I, I, I don't know that if the condensed schedule is bad for clear thinking or not. I do think that it may um, not have rewarded. There was a lot of flukiness involved, and I think a lot of it comes down to Man City. Um, And it feels like one team shouldn't be so like, you know, it's like I want to answer this in a big picture way, but the reality is when you're playing twice a week and there's one team out there that's capable of scoring six goals in literally any match they play, no matter who they're playing, and you have to blindly guess at who is going to be starting for them. Uh, it just creates like, like a kind of chaos, you know, and it's kind of like, and so I feel like that it was hard to think clearly. Cause like my whole strategy, seems like it was like, well, what am I going to do with these man city players? <laughs> you know? And so it was just like a feeling that you have even in a regular season, but there, it's usually a little easier to take the temperature. Okay, Sterling was rest; he's going to start yeah. the next three matches. Yep. Um, but you know, but this time around, it was it was kind of crazy. And you know, if you guessed right on some of these players, then mm-hmm. you could shoot up twenty, thirty k. If you guessed wrong, you could, you know, it was it was a, it could have a real massive effect on your on your rank. And mm-hmm. um, I mean, you saw the highs and lows of that yesterday with with Riyad Mahrez, but. You know, often like it was, you know, I I brought in, you know, I I free hit and I brought in uh, Raheem Sterling and captained him on my free hit. Um, And, you know, he came on in the second half, uh, got one point for me as my captain. And it was just, you know, it was just like there was a kind of element of um, a little too much chaos, I think, in these nine weeks. And so I I, I think it's probably, yeah. So I think it's probably a mistake to to draw too many conclusions from your reasoning or the way your thought process, you know, because – Um, It was just a little too much gas.
0: The eternal form versus fixtures debate, uh, I don't even know how to address that one, given what we saw over the restart, because I think we saw a little bit of everything. And the compressed nature of the restart schedule made it even trickier to to follow form, because The compressed schedule made form ignite and burn out more quickly than I think we've seen. I mean, we (laughs) we genuinely saw players like like Ings carry the form, but then players like Sterling and Aubameyang, like you're saying, you really just had to have them on the right game week. And that was easier said than done. So I think, yeah, the chaos definitely reigned the last few months.
2: I think... um... You know, in some ways, there is like an element of like, there's a microcosm, um, like in some ways, like some of the the same rules did apply, you know, which is basically um, get get Burnley defenders. That was that was a pretty effective strategy. Final game of the season aside. um, Shout out to Eric Peters. Yeah. Bring in cheap forwards, you know, who, who are consistent. You know, I mean, Danny Ings is kind of in that Charlie Austin mold of, you know, he was fairly cheap and he scored 20 goals a season, right? He was, he yeah. was, a, you know, like don't overthink it, you know? I mean, I think don't overthink it is like such yeah. a, you know, the man city thing is the one exception. Cause I think you, you could, maybe even then you don't overthink it as applies, right? Because you really couldn't, um, you, you just, you know, you, like you don't overthink something if the overthinking isn't going to lead you to <laughs> a, you know, yeah. a, like a correct conclusion, you know, which I guess is the case with that. It's like, why were like, why, stress out about it if it really is impossible to know, you know, yeah, just test right. your um, mindset.
0: Yeah, well put. All right. Next question is from our friend Benno, who asks, what can we do to prevent making the same mistakes next year? I think we've kind of been poking at this question as we've been talking the last half an hour, yep. hour or so, don't you think?
2: I think so. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, I think just, um, listen, I mean, I think the listening thing that we talked about earlier is really, I I'm, I'm going to try to listen to what not just threads, not just like, you know, fun Twitter threads that get 1200 likes or whatever, but like actual like conversations that are taking place among other managers about players, you know, stuff yeah. that I maybe was a little too dismissive of this year.
0: I think that's a good point. Look for the conversations as opposed to the hot takes and right. I hope that's I hope that's what we achieve as friends, Josh, is I hope this podcast is more conversational than take heavy. I mean I I will always have my beloved takes about yeah, how short Keppa is and how yeah uninspiring Gwenduzi is. I mean, these are not controversial takes, Josh. But I think, I think maybe that that's a good thing to think about is look for, look for the, look for the friends, the conversations. Don't look for the takes. Yeah. Look for the helpers,
2: Brandon. That's what Mr. Rogers (laughs) always said. That's good advice. Yeah. I think, uh, I think the other thing that I'm going to do next year, this is, this is um, possibly only specific to me. I don't know, but I am not going to transfer in players. I don't believe in anymore. (laughs) This is like, this is the other, like the flip side of only half listening to these conversations or or listening maybe because like not listening the right way or something, but sometimes like listening to yourself. Phil Foden. Yeah. Not listening to yourself. I don't know. Like, like Phil Foden or, um or SAR, uh, even Sun earlier this season. I feel like there, there have been many times when I have brought in a player because everyone was sort of shouting him out, you know, like just saying like, this is like, this is the player to have. This is going to be the captain this game week. And I, even though I didn't really believe in them as a, as a fantasy asset, I still brought them in anyway because I just sort of like rode the like excitement about how good they are, and um and I'm I'm not really gonna try not to do that the next season because there's really nothing worse than bringing in somebody you don't believe in and then having them not do well, you yeah. know, and then you're like, why have I even playing? You know, it's like what, <laughs> what is the point is it mm-hmm. Like why? Like what is the fun of this if I'm just gonna like like listen to somebody on social media and just bring in that play. Like, I feel like in this podcast, you and I almost never advocate for specific players in that way, because I don't think that it's um, I don't think it's what people ultimately want. You know, it's like, I, I think, I think you just want to just like, talk about ideas, talk about players, talk about, you know, like, but I, I think this idea that like, you've got to bring in X or Y, I think it's just, um, it's not fun. You know, you got to make your own decisions.
0: Totally. Okay. Sam Danby is next t-shirt, Sam Danby. God, Norway has got some great T-shirt facilities out out there. How does the growing community of podcast listeners and supporters change your preparation, commitment, and pressure to do well? Are you feeling the pressure, Josh, with our our podcast audience and the interaction we have with them? Does that get to you? Does it get under your skin?
2: Well, I, I, it used to, um, I think the first couple of years we did the podcast, it absolutely did. And, uh, I think you want, there's like a, I think when you, I, I've heard other people talk about this too. Um, people who like do like, you know, fantasy YouTube videos or whatever, and there's like a, like you want to, um, play the right way, you know, yeah, because people right. are like listening to you and you don't want to get, um, criticize for bringing in somebody especially if they don't do well you know like if you like go off the beaten path and bring in somebody and then it's like it's fine like yeah like you can have a thick skin and brush it off but it's still like no one likes to get made fun of <laughs> you know it's just not a pleasant <laughs> i don't it's know it's not pleasant you know and so there's like a part of you that's just like well i don't want to like deal with that i don't want to like explain myself yeah. You know, so i'm just going to be a little more sensible here yeah and so i i've mostly gotten rid of that i don't know what about you
0: we used to have this conversation. I guess we still kind of have this conversation. Where I, I remember we'd get on uh, the mics to record an episode, and you, because you you take the bad weekends harder than I do, and you would say, mm-hmm. I, "I just don't know how we can do this podcast. Like we're we're putting out <laughs> FBL content, and I had a terrible week. Like who's gonna want to <laughs> listen to this?" Um, <laughs> And I told you, I was like, "Listen, we won't know that this podcast is successful until we start getting haters who uh-huh. hate on the pod." So I've right. kind of always been of the mind of, "Well, it's this podcast isn't working unless we're getting some negative feedback." And let me be clear out there: yeah. we're de- this podcast is definitely working, uh, if if negative feedback is anything to go <laughs> by. But that 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 said. I, we get just, so
2: much less than anybody,
0: though. I don't it, know if it's because it, we're
2: Americans or what, but we get I, the amount of abuse that's out there and the and the percentage of it that goes to us is so, so happily. low. Yeah. You know, thank, thank goodness.
0: Precisely. And I mean, I think we do this podcast for many reasons, uh, one of which is it's just it's a small business that we've created and we personally love and invested in it. We find it to be mm-hmm. fun. Somewhere in there, though, is that we have met so many listeners. Just look at the meetup that we had in London in early March where we met more than 100 people at this bar who were just like, it's so great to meet you. I have heard your voice every week. And um, it's I think ending our fifth season doing the podcast, what's overwhelming to me is. Now I feel more connected to the listeners than ever, but in a way in which that has relieved me of that pressure. I feel like we have relationships with listeners where it's not how, what game week score we're putting up week to week. It is about the conversation.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I I was just thinking about that. I did this Patreon podcast uh, this week, uh, like you know, one of the kitchen table podcasts for, uh, for the patrons and the first 15 minutes of it, it's like me as my own therapist, you know, it's like just 15 minutes of me, like talking about what it means to be good at fantasy and just like sort of going in this, like, you know, voyage. And I was like, <laughs> it's just like the kind of thing, like four years ago, I couldn't imagine that I would just t- like talk straight. Like I would just look at a computer and just talk for an hour without stopping, you know, like it's, it's like, there's a kind of, um, comfort level that I, that I think does set in after a while. And so, um, yeah, it was like, I, I, I agree with you. I think that at some point you sort of, um, like you are who you are. Right. Yeah. And so I think that, um, even your fantasy game after, uh, you know, after two or three years, you're going to revert back to the kind of player that you were, um, you know, because at some point you just want to do the things you want to do, you know? And so the, the pressure does start to, you know, yeah,
0: and if, if you're if you're sickly competitive like the two of us are, you know, we really don't need the thousands of you out there listening to add any more pressure to us doing well. We're we're happy to s- apply that pressure to ourselves
2: on our own. <laughs> that's true. Jazz got to see um, Brandon <laughs> after he's played a chip. Uh, that's a it's a different version of you, Brandon. When when you when you've done a wild card or played a chip, you are you are not always the happiest fantasy manager. There's a lot of, you put a lot of, a lot of pressure on yourself on those match days. Yeah. No one <laughs> likes, no one likes chip Brandon. Everyone likes, I think when you found out the, the maddest you were was when you found out a bomb. got an assist.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what I, that's what I was doing. The, uh, <laughs> what do you call it? The, uh, uh, just like hindsight, captain hindsight sort of yeah. A thing. I'm, yeah. Totally. All the permutations. Yeah. I mean, definitely I posted a team, uh, screenshot to the slack where i had van dyke instead of robertson who scored a goal i had captain del i had de bruyne instead of mares and you're just like
2: oh wow
0: well, you know that feeling it's a genuine feeling <laughs> where you just yeah. really want to punch yourself in the face like not just like slap yourself but closed fist punch <laughs> yourself in the face <laughs>
2: <laughs> see this is this is make fantasy fun again brandon let's just keep repeating it like we're gonna keep pushing it and pushing it and pushing it i don't even know what it means yet okay when donald trump said make america Great Again," you think he knew what it meant of course not it's, nonsense, it's provocative But, ma- but ma- <laughs> it's provocative make fantasy fun again is our motto we're gonna figure out what it means later okay once we stick it on a t-shirt and a hat All right, MFFA, Brandon. All right, Francis says, if you were to pick a team of the season, what would it look like?
0: Well, uh, there's been a lot of talk about this with just in IRL Premier League with Jordan Henderson winning the Football Writers Award. And Mm -hmm. uh, it just it brings uh, we don't uh, we don't need to get into I don't I'm not here to bash uh, Jordan Henderson. Lovely guy but no, it just no. just brings an even bigger spotlight onto Kevin De Bruyne who is just is he not like he he well it's hard for me to say because i don't really watch with any great scrutiny la liga or um basically other other powerful leagues but de bruyne is just so good yeah. it, i could all i just want a one player team i would actually enjoy a fantasy team in which I was only allowed to have one player and I just Uh fielded Kevin De Bruyne and he was my captain and my only decision throughout the entire season was which week am I going to triple captain Kevin I can't play a bench boost because I don't have any other players on my team Um, I'm not rotating (laughs) my goalkeeper at all I just got one guy I, I this is not a very useful conversation but I think you get my point so that's our starting point Right. My question for you, Josh, is you have to pick at least two Liverpool players. Who are your two Liverpool yeah. players, if not three? I mean, I guess Trent is is an automatic.
2: Yeah, I guess. I mean, I you know, I I think the um, yeah, the end of the season got a little a little funny with these two, but I mean, in the end, you know, the second and third overall players in terms of total points were Salah and Mane, and if you had just. Kept those two um for all 38 weeks, you would have a combined 454 points, right? That is uh that's not even counting captaining if you just captained one of them every time, you know. So just without captains, it's 454 points. I mean, I finished on like 2200 something, right? So like you're you're, you're six of the way there already, you know. And I, I just think that um I listened to an interview a little while back, Brandon, with uh Fabio Borges. He was um the Festival Scout, um, did an interview with him and he was talking about um, and I guess he has like a kind of a poker background, which I didn't realize. And uh, something that seems like it comes up a lot and really good. Um, I, you know, it's like, it's a little bit like Magnus Carlson, I think too, where it's like, just if you have a background in game strategy, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, lends itself to, to any game. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was talking about how he basically, he'll, he'll never captain anybody in the bottom half of the table. Um, he very rarely brings transfers in from players, at the bottom of the table, you know, it's like, he's just really focused on the best players. And, I think that you know every now and then you'll find yourself with like some funky team where you've got like, you know, uh, three Newcastle players, two Bournemouth player. You know, it's like a game week one team will be like this sometimes, where you'll like you'll be very focused on the fixtures, you know, and you'll have like all of these kind of middle bottom half the table players, and in the end, it's like you just have to think about the think about it all through a longer lens. And yeah. if you had just had De Bruyne, Salamani, and Van Dyke all season and just, and just wrote out the swings with him. And, you know, Trent actually played all 38 weeks this season. He didn't uh, start, I think two of the matches, maybe three, uh, but he actually played in, in all 38 of them. Um, and, you know, obviously um, I think Sadio Mane, he missed maybe, I guess he had a little injury or he missed two. I think even in those cases, it wasn't like uh it wasn't, you know, it was it was uh, the, the famous kind of triple captain moment where he got injured in game week 24, but um, I think he actually only missed one game week after that because it was a double game week. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you had just ridden those, and Salah had that kind of ankle injury, but even then, he really didn't miss. Yeah. Just kind of on and off matches here and there. Um, so if you had just like just treated those like like blue chip stocks, and you were just like, I'm not going to move them. I'm not going to unless they like break their leg. I'm just going to ride out the rotation, ride out the swings, and just have those those three players. I feel like I would have had a significantly better season, and I yeah. also would have like had a lot less stress in terms of the decisions yeah. I was making.
0: There is a temptation to play it perfectly, right? The, if you are the, if you're going to win the game, you have to play it perfectly. Meaning, yeah, these blue chip players, as you say, Salamone. if you just put them in your team and never move them. But there is always the temptation to believe that you're <laughs> yeah. smart enough to drop them during the right week to get a different player during the right week. Sometimes you right. can pull that off, but yeah, the odds are, you're not going to pull it off. The odds of you doing it throughout an entire 38 game week season are basically zero. So yeah. Uh, is that making it's, it, fantasy fun again? I don't know. Um,
2: well, here's what, but here's like the other way to think about it. Like right? we're talking about De Bruyne, Salamani, Trent. Okay. Let's say those were our four blue chip players. That's it. That's, that's four out of 15, four out of 15 players. Right, so the the other eleven are you can you can mix it up you can you know and other people will be dropping. You know, it's not like going to be the same as everybody else. Other people will be dropping and adding those players in. That's that's in very you know they'll be doing the kind of normal style. Mm-hmm. And so you know, and because I look at the other defenders, Robertson, Van Dyke, Doherty. These are all players that you can move in on your team. You know, Pope, okay, sure, maybe. Um, but you can make an argument probably for some promoted keepers next season. Let's see. I look at the forwards. To me, they're all rotatable. All you know, all of them, just up yeah. and down. If this so, season's going to be so, remembered yeah. for
0: anything, it will be for the mid-priced striker. Danny Yings and Human has carried the striker position for most yeah. of the season. I think that's right. And, and to your point, they're, that that is a price range where you're more free to move, move it around.
2: Yeah, and even Aubameyang and... Rashford weren't, weren't, or I mean, I mean, not not about me. Vardy and Rashford weren't that expensive. I think Vardy started the season at nine million, you know, um, just point five more than Giroud. Brandon,
0: sensational player, (laughs) Giroud. What a finish! Like what? (laughs) What a great story! I mean, mean, it's like obviously Giroud is. I mean, well, Giroud was not helped by the fact that Tammy Abraham was like torching defenses like beating all of his stats it was was improbable form for tammy and was gonna fall away but Giroud, he's made a career of this just waiting for his moment to shine and he's he's the he's the classic i'm ready boss sort of a player yeah
2: no goals until uh game week 27 and then he scored eight in the final 11 game weeks so yeah Pretty, pretty impressive. And we even got to see a, a proper Giroux starfish, Brandon. That was, yeah. that was fun, too. I live for it. He I live miss, for it. Yeah, <laughs> me too. I, even though I wanted him to score because uh, I had him on my free hit team, just mm-hmm. to see the Giroux starfish in, up in <laughs> real, real time was such a delight. All right. A couple more questions here. Uh, the Dark Lord says, okay, these are three questions. Um, let's, let's try to do rapid fire. Okay. Who is the first ta- Who is the first name in your team sheet? Who is one to watch, and who is a differential punt for next season? So, uh, first player on one player to watch and a an upside pick for next season.
0: First name on my team sheet. Well, so so many questions about what's going to happen with Manchester City during this very short break. I mean, the the assumption is right. nothing. You know, maybe they'll win the Champions League, but probably the big players aren't going anywhere. So, Kevin De Bruyne, I think. Has to, he is the most Salah coming out of the season in that improbable FPL returns only looks like he's gaining momentum now. Mm-hmm. Salah's kind of kept up in his form to justify his price. Kev De Bruyne is going to be expensive. He's probably going to be yeah. eleven five, maybe even twelve. Would you would just think they would go as
2: far as, as twelve at no, the start of top, the season. Top. Top score in the game uh, this season uh, with 251 points, uh, 13 goals, 23 assists. Um, I mean, I think, I think he does. I think he probably does get – he started, yeah. what, at 10? He's at 9-5. So I, I think eleven-five 5 minimum, probably 12. I think he
0: just has to be the first name in my team sheet, not surprisingly, for a make fantasy fun again. This is a player that I love, and I love watching him if he doesn't post fpl returns at least i got to watch him and that's okay and i re- won't regret having him in my team so he's the first just one w- in my
2: without team. get with, with without checking brandon do you know so i said you know 13 goals 23 assists last season how many goals and assists did he have in the season before that do you recall uh
0: the season before this current season
2: yeah so the 1819 season yeah
0: he was injured for a lot of that season so i what like Two goals and six assists.
2: Two goals and three assists.
0: Yeah, Is that kind of
2: shockingly low. That's that's Mesut Ozil level. Uh, <laughs> Turns right he, there, he was basically
0: <laughs> injured for that entire season. I think if you sure, look one sure. more season before, do
2: you have those numbers I up? Know. I, <laughs> uh, I, I I actually I, I started to go look at Mesut Ozil because I wanted to laugh <laughs> okay. at how he had done this year. Uh, Mesut Ozil, one goal, three assists this season. Uh, five and three the season before that. Okay. That's, that's not too bad. All right. So anyway, back to your, um, your, your one to watch, Brennan, who's one to watch.
0: Okay. One to watch is definitely, okay. I have to bring up the, um, the wolves team. I think you're already going to know who I'm going to, who I'm talking about. Yes, it was, uh, Podens, Potence, Potence yeah. priced at 5.0 to start the Danielle Castello Potence. This guy looked like the real deal, he was a January signing for Wolves, so we didn't really talk much about him. I think yep. the expectation is you we we would have learned more about him if he was the summer signing. But man, did he look good when he came on? He yep. uh, he got a proper start uh, in three matches: Everton, Burnley, and Palace. Yep. I mean, just one goal and one assist on those returns, but he looks like a really classy player. And Wolves are just crying out for more players who can carry the goal scoring weight. Yeah. Uh, so yep. I he think that, somebody yeah,
2: he'll be involved. Yeah. No, I I, yeah. I was going to agree with you. I mean, I, I feel like you need, you need somebody. Um, like somebody has to work with Matinho and Neves to, yeah. to bring the ball forward. You know, yeah. right now it's, it's Jimenez is, is being asked to do a lot of work. And I, you know, assuming he even stays. Uh, but yeah, I, I actually, P- Pottins would be my player to watch too. And they gave the number 10, which is usually a sign of, um, um, you know, they see him as a real long-term. You know,
0: yeah, we were um, talking about especially. this a um, couple weeks ago about like the importance of Bruno and how every team now needs a Bruno. And what's stark about Wolves is that they just, they've never had a player for the whole. They've never been a player yep. playing between that double, double pivot and Jimenez. Which is why he does all that work that you're mentioning. So it's true. So he's he's the one to watch. And then the differential punts. Okay, here's a chance for me to just uh, indulge. Okay, Josh. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and, and I and I and I told somebody that I wasn't going to indulge this talk before game week 38. Some smart, cheeky listener out there was like. Huh? Che Adams, you know, he's, he's finally has a goal in the premier league. Would you consider him? (laughs) Would you consider him for game week 38? And I was just like, absolutely 100%.
2: No, I will not condone this at all. You wouldn't be able to record the pod. If you had brought in, (laughs) if you brought in Adams and he did and he had like gotten one point or something, we would, you would need like a week to shake that off. Yeah. But I mean, it's,
0: I'm having a bit of a laugh, but, uh, Sometimes this is what it takes for players. They just need a little bit of taste of blood in their mouth. And it was clear Mm -hmm. that Che Adams had a great record in the championship when he came up, and then it's easy to say, well, he's not cut out for the Premier League. And I think Southampton is a really tough team to play in because if you go back to what Fabio Borges was saying about, I'm not going to focus on players on teams in the lower half of the table. And Southampton struggled to get out of that relegation territory for the first half of the season. And they finally found their form and you could just see the the whole team wasn't working. So if they make the right signings, if Che Adams and Danny Ings are both healthy over this break and come back, I think he could be an interesting bargain third striker, especially if the fixtures are set up nicely for Southampton at the start of the season.
2: I, I've, I'm just dying to see you put Jay Adams in your team. <laughs> I, I, in watch game me. Week one watch me. Season. I won't condone it. I'll do <laughs> it. Uh, I, I, I'll go with Pottens as the as the player to watch. Uh, the first player on my team sheet, I, I think that there's a pretty good chance that Man City does not start in game week one, um, and that because of the Champions League. If they, um, you know, I, I think, I mean, they have an advantage over real madrid i believe and they're in like you know they're going to the second leg and i think they're are they have two goals or something like that i can't remember it's a home match i don't recall uh, so let's assume yeah but yeah it's likely that they advance reasonably far in the champions league possibly win it i think they have a shot um and uh and then they won't start until i don't even know gimmick two or three maybe um so in that case i'll go with trent alexander arnold boring answer but i think he is uh um the I mean the interesting question is you know w- w- whether he just comes in at like an insane price that just makes him um uh, impossible to own.
0: Sorry is this mean, your differential gonna... punt Trent?
2: No this is my I I didn't I didn't, <laughs> oh, I didn't name my sheet? first player oh, I didn't name, gotcha. I didn't name the first player in yeah. <laughs> gotcha. uh, but yeah well I mean like if he okay this is actually a question that somebody asked me on Twitter I forgot who it was now sorry to whoever asked about uh they were like could we see Trent at 10 million dollars
0: season <laughs> oh <Ow. laughs>
2: I mean, That's I wouldn't too high, say
0: but, yeah, it's too high.
2: <laughs> what the I'm trying to I think it was uh, it was Leighton Baines. I think he is yeah, the highest he, a player. Eight five. Did he come in at eight five one season? He came in at eight and mm-hmm. uh, He came out at eight million in the um, uh, 2011 12, 2012 season. That was after a five goal, 11 assist season. He came in at eight million. So Trent, <laughs> uh-huh. you know, really blew that out of the water this season. I, I think eight is. Um, I, I can't actually imagine him going lower than eight. Like if if he comes in yeah. at seven point five, he's going to be sixty percent owned. I mean they yeah. have to they have to put him at at least eight. I think. I completely agree. Uh, and then agree. at eight, if he's at eight and like Robertson's at like six five or something or. I don't know. It's just, it, it, they always price the player right at the spot that like makes you a little nervous, you know, mm-hmm. so I think that eight <laughs> is is about right, but let's, let's say for now that he comes in at eight. I, have, I feel probably still make it my team. It depends on fixtures and all that stuff. Um, and then the, um, uh, the upside player to watch, um, I'll go a little off the board here and, uh, I'll say, uh, Kieran Tierney, who is, uh, Arsenal have looked, uh, I know they conceded two against Watford yesterday, but they've looked considerably better at the back um since our ted has taken over um and he kind of looks like the player they thought they were getting um He had yeah. battle injuries kind of the whole season uh but I was just looking a minute ago he's actually he's been a more consistent he's played in every match um going back to game week thirty one um, and uh has picked up, you know, one goal and t- one goal and two assists just in the last uh six game weeks. Um, so you know, super attacking. Um that was kind of his reputation coming in too. There was a lot of excitement when he was signed. Yeah, he was uh, like,
0: there's uh, there's a competition in Scotland for left back with him and Andy Robertson, and that was the right. issue of like, why haven't you seen or heard from Tyranny, it's well because Andy Robertson's been cashing his paychecks for the last five years. Right. So now that Tyranny's found his position and is healthy in a, a big club like Arsenal, big club, scare quotes, um, then yeah, I think you're right.
2: Yeah. Especially if the price is right. If he comes in at like five million, I think he's he came at five point five this year, but I think I don't think I don't think you can keep him at five point five based on the track record of of missing a ton of matches and one goal and two assists. So uh, he'd be a bad player to watch. Um, all right, two more questions, Brandon. Uh, first one is from Boston Prof. He said, um, How did your strategy and t- team structure change over the season as compared to what you intended at the start? If I remember correctly, the big theme was big at the back last fall um, and ended up being Trent plus cheap defenders. Yeah. Uh, given this, what do you think will be your approach going into next season?
0: I think I am going to take that lesson with me into the start of next season. Uh, clean sheets were really difficult to call for the longest time. And it was all about attacking results for your defenders, which, you know, is the popularity of Trent. And what we talked about a a lot heading into the restart was, well, just go for center backs because we expect to see a lot of rotation and center backs are immune to that. And those are really tough picks, too, because you're not getting attacking returns for them. And clean sheets are really tough. You just need to find that one team like Burnley. I think this this season reminded us of the value of value goalkeepers and defenders. So I can mm-hmm. see, I I would expect I'm going to be using that strategy at the start of next season and really trying to pack it in to the midfield. Pack it into the midfield, yeah. that that could be misinterpreted. I'm going to try and put a <laughs> lot of my money into my midfield. Yeah. And
2: yeah.
0: hopefully, well, so Chelsea is just going to be such an interesting team fantasy-wise because of yeah the signings that they have made and are purported to make before the start of next season. So it's like, what is Timo Werner's price going to be? What is Kai Havertz's price going to be? I'm blanking on the name of the really exciting other midfielder that is already in training with them. <laughs> Um. So yeah, uh, I I think it's just all about midfielders for me next season. And you know, if if they price somebody like Timo Werner at nine million, then maybe he fulfills yeah. that Humanez role where it's like my highest priced yeah. striker is the best nine million striker available.
2: There's no way he's coming at nine million. He's like. He's like Diego Costa level. Like he's 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 going to be awesome. I think. I think he's going to come in at ten, at the lowest. Um, and uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess we'll see. But and this actually, it's funny because it gets right into the next question, which is uh, uh, how much is Timo Werner going to go for? To yeah, um, just to answer to, to my answer to Boston, Boston 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 question is just that. Um, it's really it's that blue chick blue chip stock. Um, answer which is uh, just just being a little more patient with my knowing which players in my team are the best and then just not messing with them. Like just letting, like writing out the rotation, writing out all that stuff. Um, did not do that nearly enough this year. It kept swaying in the wind, you know, bringing in different 11 and 12 million players. And that's just, uh, just not the right strategy. I think. Um, yeah. So Jan Horvath says, who are the newest line ins that you're most looking forward to? He says Werner at Chelsea, uh, Lilana at Brighton, I like that's so a little off the board uh, or Jaden Sancho at United, if it happens. So Rumored or real life, Brandon? Uh, which which player are you most excited uh, to see next year? Uh,
0: this is a good question. They, we we were talking a lot. Uh, Jazz, who we watched game week thirty eight with, is a massive Manchester United fan, and uh, we were talking about how does the lineup change for United if and when Sancho comes in, and and who loses out? Who's who's the purest yeah. striker? Who's able to play out wide and. Rashford and Greenwood and Martial and all of that. So I I'm really excited about the prospect of Sancho, but the reason I have this whole preamble is United have a weird manager and I think they hit upon some really interesting chemistry with that particular starting 11. You change it and does it all fall to pieces? I don't know, probably not. They're still a really good team. Uh, but yeah. I think just to see United with Sancho and priced right, I think he would be a great game week one. It's hard to call a, a, a you know a a blooded player like Sancho a punt um, or an upside yeah. pick, but I think he could be one where you just go go for him game week one. Though that is starting to remind me of when Memphis Depay came in to Manchester United under uh, Louis Van Gaal, and you are like, oh man, this guy is like. He was he was also a left-sided um flair attacking player and he was a disaster. Yeah. Uh, probably won't be the same with <laughs> Sancho but um yeah. Curious to see how that works out.
2: I think that'll be interesting uh Sancho you know if he, if he if he joins I guess there was a like a 100 million bid that was just rejected today. Um, yeah, I think that, uh, and I, I'm with you. Cause I mean, Man United is like, they have just have no bench depth. It's kind of like, it's actually, it's a little bit like Liverpool a couple seasons ago, um, that season when they made the champions league final and, and lost. Um, there's just like a, like, there's kind of like, you know, when they had to bring on, you know, when Salah got injured and they had to bring on Oxlade Chamberlain, you know, and it was just like, or maybe maybe it didn't even him, he may have been injured. I can't, regardless, it was like, they, they didn't quite have it yet. And it feels like Man United's in that spot right now where the starting 11 gives you a lot of confidence, and well, maybe Luke Shaw side, you know, but, uh, you know, you feel like, like there's like a lot, there's a lot to like about, about them and that they, you know, if they just added one or two more really big players. Um, they could be really. I mean, Chelsea's like that too. I mean, I, I feel like yeah. I'm just repeating you cause I, I agree with you. Well, right? yeah. The,
0: and the player, the player, the player yeah. I did want to mention was Hakeem Ziyech who I'm sure everyone was just shouting right. into their, uh, their AirPods Hakeem Ziyech's name, but, right. um, especially Chancellor Dan, uh, on Twitter who I, like hang on his every word on Twitter. I think he's a really fun and interesting guy. He was just say, watch out for Ziak. He is a true leader and baller on the pitch. And he could mm-hmm. be breaking the lines every match and getting sterling-as goals. Yeah.
2: Really? And yeah, yeah. And he'll be in that Williams will so you'll have him on the right, uh in that Williams spot. Uh you'll have Pulisic on the left. You'll have Timo Werner uh, the center and then Kai Havertz possibly like in the hole or something yeah, like that. That's, it's yeah. mm-hmm. a pretty insane team. <laughs> sounds, um, yeah. And, Kurt Zuma, awesome. and Kurt, Kurt Zuma in the back. And Kurt Zuma in the back. Yeah, Hey, as long as they have as it, like doesn't matter. It's like, he's like, he's like the Virgil Van Dyke or it's just like, he's just going to clean up every mess. Like somehow he's, you yeah. know, he's just always there. Yep. Yeah. All right, so right. Th- all right. Let's, um, let's take a quick break and, uh, we'll get back and we'll, we'll, wrap up this season wrap up pod wrap it up all right thus concludes the 2019 20 fantasy campaign the premier league season is done so is our podcast for this season we are fully expecting uh the fantasy game to get back in the middle of august uh august 12th august 20th who knows? Uh, it uh, we 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 are not privy to any inside information. We are as in the dark as anybody else. Uh, I I can't imagine it happens. You know, basically, you know, they can't really make any schedules until uh, until the promoted teams happen, right? So we have at least a week or so. Yeah. Uh, there, uh, but then it usually does take a week or two to make the schedule. But it's not it's not like they just can like punch it into a computer. There's often lots of other things that have to be factored into uh, police and. Uh, make sure there's no events in the area and just you know i think like one you know one issue sort of like the, the whole the whole you know domino set falls you know so it, it does take a while to make the uh, um, to make the schedule so anyway it's a long way of saying that uh, it looks like we expect to be off for a couple of weeks and then uh, to be back in the middle of august with um, very frequent i would say uh, pre-season pods. we're both yeah. working from home Nothing going on. Uh I think that we'll be pawning uh with with some some you know serious regularity uh in the lead up to the season. The season kicks off, I believe it's September twelfth, if I'm not mistaken. I think it's the the yeah, Friday you nutritional know, you know, Friday k- kickoff now. Uh so um yeah, so the season kicks off in about six weeks, which I think is um I mean, considering we had three months off in the spring, I, I don't feel like I needed I I don't need three months like, off again. six weeks feels about right. Um, as a, as a, yeah, we're accessory. just we're just
0: not going to spend this six weeks podcasting about our favorite sports movies and things like that. We can just actually <laughs> yeah. take a, a real break. Once and was enough. Cast, yeah. you, cast your mind back, Josh, to the Premier League teasing the launch of the FPL game for this past season. And do you do you remember the player who they the the first player price that was yes. announced?
2: Yes, I do. It was, um, it was the, oh, geez, of course, now I'm going to his name, that blonde Newcastle player. Yeah, oh, Matt Ritchie. His name right. Matt. <laughs> yeah, Matt Ritchie, of course. Yeah. Uh, for, for whatever reason, Matt Ritchie was the first player Price announced. <laughs> it must be like a Newcastle fan at Premier League headquarters. It created quite uh, a stir. let yeah. me tell you. <laughs> yeah. What? Uh, let's, let's actually, just, just to wrap things, this is a perfect way to end the End it the way it began, Brandon. Matt Ritchie, uh... Finished down 0.2 million from his starting price. Uh, two goals, one assist. Injured most of the year, uh, and uh, yeah, and he did play in a position a lot though. So credit to yeah, what credit a story. To, uh, yeah, what a story. Uh, all right, so this is a long way of saying we'll be gone for about two weeks, uh, maybe a little bit longer. But the you know I, I would say the the day within an hour of the game being launched, uh, we'll be back up uh, with uh, it with, with a podcast. So. Um, just, you know, once, once the Premier League, ba- once the Premier League and fantasy is back, uh, so are we, uh, we may even do a price prediction podcast like we've done in the past too. So, uh, we'll, uh, we'll see how bored we get. Uh, so we <laughs> will, um, be back soon. Just one final thank you though, to, um, I mean, to everyone who listens to the podcast, everyone has written a review, everyone has ordered a thing from the always GDN shop, uh, and a special shout out to all of our Patreon supporters. Some of whom have been supporting the podcast for, you know, multiple years now. You know, and yeah, uh, incredible. And thank you to you know Jim Jim Payne and Mike DePetro and some of our you know early Trevor uh, Ingerson. You know some of our early earliest supporters. So uh, thank you to everybody. I know this is getting a little long winded, but. Brennan, do you want to thank our producer patrons one last time?
0: Please? Absolutely. We love our producers Trevor Ingerson, Mike DiPietro, Chris Howell, Andy Penn, Martin Savage, Brian T., Debig Gaffer, Bobas Kuhn, Jeff Husby. Jeff Husby with a masterful 108 pointer in Game Week 38. Ben Grant, James Holland, Jazz Binning, Dave Wagner, Lodall, Nick Wright, Jim Payne, Brian Chin, Blair Jacobson, Frederick Keehan Gransky, Travis West, Alan Creasy, Victor Forberg Skogane, Paul Hertzig, Kaya Christine Lelang, Peter Bodachtel. Andy Portlock, Toothless Gibbon, Lindsey Rostel, Anton Markov, FPLmerch.com, James Conroy, Brandon B. Paul Scanlan, Kieran Screeton, and James Hurd. And Josh, you said it. If you if Patreon's not your thing, but you just want to cap off the season with a with a chef's kiss and a thank you to Always Cheating, feel free to find us on Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star rating and review. That really does help the pod. Also, just subscribe. If you're not already subscribed and you're concerned, when is Always Cheating going to get back? Just subscribe and we'll automatically populate your podcast app of choice. We're on Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, everywhere you get your podcasts.
2: And that's pretty much it. Alwayscheating.com. That's the website. And that's it. 13 months. That was fun. Look forward to another one. Uh, no wild cards in Game Week 3 this season. That's my pledge. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye. Boku forever.
1: No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.